surely spend time looking at an ongoing series or graphic novel from a company other than the big two. The hope here is that we can do a deep dive on an indie comic you may have missed or give you a chance to talk about one of your favorites with us on social media afterwards. I'm your host, Tony Farina of DC Comics News and Fantastic Universes. I've been reading comics since I was 12, and while I love a good superhero battle, I gravitate towards indie comics and standalone graphic novels because they give artists a chance to connect with readers in different ways and tell stories they may not have been able to tell with traditional comics or traditional novels. I hope that you enjoy the show. My guest today is, um, we are uh, hours and hours apart, so he is, he is coming at me late in his evening, which is in the middle of my afternoon, so he is um, coming, at, coming to us from Kuwait, so hello, sir. This is... Please welcome Ahmed Amin to my show. He is um, uh, a creator. This is always my favorite thing when we have creators on the show. Well, it's fun to have my other guests on. We break down what we think the comic is about. The cool thing about this is this is a Indiegogo project that we're supporting here at Indie Comics Spotlight. And we have the writer, creator on. So Ahmed, welcome to Indie Comics Spotlight. Thank you for joining me, sir. Oh, thank you for having me. What's your comic origin story? And then how is it that you came to being I'm a comic book fan to being a comic book creator, which is kind of like the dream of my entire audience, I think. We all nobody just reads yeah. comics thinking I only want to read comics. We all have a dream that we one day would do what you're doing. So give everybody some background on that. Yeah, sure. Uh well, first of all, how it came up with this idea. Um um, it, it's actually inspired by my nephew. My comic, uh, The Epics of Enkidu, it features uh, a superhero who has autism. And um, well, when, I, when growing up, when I was playing with my nephew, I noticed some things about him that impresses me. He has a very good balance, you know, like when he plays, uh, he doesn't fall down. And, like every time he trips, he can balance himself very quickly. And, and like, and because I love him so much, I wanted to do something for him. So in the beginning, I wanted to do a comic that has a superhero with autism, but I didn't know which idea I should go with. And uh, because I'm originally from Iraq and I love history, uh, I revisited the epics of uh, the epic of Gilgamesh, um, which is the first, the oldest story found in human history. And when I read about uh, Enkidu, I mean the way he's described in the story, he was he was odd. He was he wasn't different. He was an outcast of society and Suddenly, the, it clicked. Uh, I was thinking about my nephew and the comic I want to create. So I invested more time in reading Mesopotamian myths and even other myths like Chinese myths, Egyptian myths. And uh, I came up with this uh, story. And uh, I want to dedicate to to my nephew, who still doesn't know I'm doing it for him. Uh, no way. Yeah. How are you keeping it from him in the world of the internet? Well, well he, yeah, I've seen you have a few pictures. He's, he's eight years old. Yeah, so he's yeah, not online He's, yet, he's still right? not. Yeah, he's not online yet. Yeah, so he's only invested in his own world. I mean, right. the closest he got to 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 being online is playing Super Mario online. <laughs> that's it. So he's not going to see any of this. Wow, that's amazing. So how is it? Why comics, though? What is your what what has drawn you to comic books? How long have you been reading comic books? And, oh. You know, what are your favorites? Well, I was well in the beginning, I was um, um, a writer, you know, I have a couple of published books on Amazon and other online bookstores. But um, I, I was drawn to this uh, epic uh, motion comic called uh, Book and Saints by Book Burgess. And by the way, Book Burgess, today is his 15th birthday. So it was, yeah, nice. it's epic. Yeah, you should nice. Google this guy. He's, he's awesome. You know, he's amazing yeah. podcast too. Uh, so anyhow, he, uh, I saw his motion comic was amazing. And I, and I thought I want to do something like that. And, uh, 
I mean, I tried to find someone who can draw and who can join me in this project and to, to join me in this venture, but no one wanted, wanted, wants to do it for free. So eventually, yeah. I, yeah, eventually I thought, you know what? I'll just do it myself. I started to learn how to draw and everything. It was very frustrating. You know, YouTube tutorials are really frustrating. They yeah. talk about their story, their life story before they start to try slowly lose your interest. And, and yeah, but eventually, yeah, I mean, I, I, powered, I powered through it and I learned how to draw and everything. And I did motion comic. I did two episodes of them. And uh, that's how I became more invested in comics. And when I found this idea, the one I want to dedicate for my nephew, you know, I was already prepared to, to you know, to, I was almost, you know, how, how do I say, I'm trained to do it now. I know how to, the panels work, how the lettering works. So it came easier for me right now. And uh, my first comic, actually, the, the comics, are like the first comic, I don't remember my first comic, but the first comic that made me, think that comics are awesome was uh batman versus alien i think I nice. read it in the the, 90s yeah. yeah yeah that's a well, dark horse yeah. dc crossover sure yeah exactly <laughs> it, it was really nice I, I loved it you know i remember i saw this cover because i love aliens and i saw his batman and i was like what and, and i bought it when i was a kid and read it and i thought it was awesome and that's when i really became more invested in the comics so yeah yeah, I think what, what what I love about comics is that you can tell stories, even if it's a Batman story, Superman story, whatever it is, they're, the budget is lower. Like you said, no one wants to do the work for free, but like the things that you can get away with in comic books that you couldn't get away with on film or even in a traditional book. So you're a regular writer and we'll talk a little bit about that too, but there's something about um, the way that comic, because it is a visual medium, but there's still a, a well-scripted, well-thought-out story there. You know, you can't just have a bunch of beautiful art and have it be disconnected. Then you might as well just have a gallery show where you've put your beautiful artwork on the walls and that's not telling the story. And where I think with comic books, like you said, Batman versus Alien, I mean, there's no reason, there's 0% chance those two things would ever exist on a movie or in a TV show, but they could exist in a comic book in a small place, small corner of the universe for, for nerds to be like, oh my God, that's the most amazing thing ever. Of course, that's how Batman would fight the aliens. You know, so um, yeah, that's why I love them. And I think your story now, again, you know, it's not out yet and we'll talk about that as we go, but I think what's excellent about it is um, you're, 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 it's still rooted a little bit in reality, but there's still some mythology there. And again, um, I think that's what makes a good story too, is that, is that it's believable. Like we, the way that you draw the, the panels you've sent me and the stuff that's online and we'll link to all this in the show notes is um, really uh, vibrantly, the colors pop, but there's also lots of uh, facial descriptions and everything. So um, I think that's amazing. So how important was it for you, you know, coming from like a Batman alien where it's, you know, Batman's wearing a cowl and the aliens are, you know what they are. And I know you said you've done some other motion comics. So as you taught yourself the skill set, how important was it to you to really be able to capture human faces? Because based on what I see, which I think has got to be one of the hardest things to do, you do that really well. So like from where does your inspiration come and, and why was that so important? Well, this and this is a question that should be aimed to my artist, the ink and the sketch. I'm the colorist in this comic. Oh, you're just doing the colors. But, okay, sure. We'll yeah. talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but actually doing the color, uh, the reason why I want to do the coloring uh, myself is because, you know, coloring is like cinematography and there are specific moods you'd like to reflect in a specific scene, you know? 
So that's that's the most that's the important part uh, of of comic books also because it, black and white is good, but if you have some some things to make characters or backgrounds stand out or, or things that that stand stand less out, you know, that's I don't know what's the right phrase. So anyhow, uh, you know, this is important thing that, that I like to invest in. As for drawing, I just draw you know the sketches, and I send it to my my artist, and my artist is very talented in facial expressions. Yeah, his name is nice. Felix Torres, by the way. Okay, well, we'll link to all his his stuff too at the end. So, so you do kind of the the rough idea of what you want the panels to look like, and then he he just does his own version off what you're sending him. So, where is exactly. like that's amazing. Where so you're in Kuwait? Where's he? He's in uh, he's in Chile. Right now. Wow, that's amazing. How did you guys meet? How did that work? Well. Uh, I joined a lot of Facebook groups, artist groups, you know, and, uh, you know, in, in these days you can find anyone if you, if you really look hard. That's true. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, see, can you, you'll, you'll, you'll find. So this is what I want. And, uh, just, just when I, when I really decided to make this comic and I, and, and I searched for him and he just suddenly popped out. It's really great work. And again, I've not seen all the panels, but what I've seen it is, and you know, you mentioned the colors, you're doing the colors yourself. And I think, um, I've talked about this on my show before that colorists are, um, you know, they're often the unsung hero of a comic because like you said, they, they can, um, they can, they can draw your eye to what you want to see. And it can be, you know, so like in the, I have your Indiegogo page up, which again, will be linked to in the show notes. And you've got these four panels. It says ethics of Inkadu. And there's these four panels and there's like these two baddies and the, and our hero just kind of looking at them and the way that it's colored in between the two baddies, it's like lighter and it's darker on the right sides. So exactly. you're drawing our eye right to what, what you want us to see by just shading it. And so that's really, how long does it take you to do that? Well, uh, <laughs> usually like one page takes uh, around half a day, less than half a day to, to maybe all day. You know, it depends on the, on the scene, on the panel, but not, not more than a day. Usually, like four hours, you know, to to seven hours. Yeah. That's yeah. I'm I'm very patient with that. <laughs> with I guess. That wow. What do you do? And I know we want to talk about the story too, but since you're the colorist, and I can ask these questions. So, what do you do? What are you listening to in the background? Is it quiet? Do you have music on? How do you ah focus for <laughs> four hours? Uh, every time it's something else. You know, sometimes I do some kind of a relaxing uh, ambient music. Um, I love French music. Uh, I like to listen to a guy called Soprano and uh, Stromae. Um, like it's, it's it's not always quiet. There's some kind of a background music just to you know you know just to make me you know, I don't know just makes you know quite complete quiet quietness while drawing is not uh, you know it's not something I like to do. But when when, when I write, I, I want everything to be quiet. Oh really? Oh okay. See, because I write. Actually, I, I turn on the AC, or I, I have some kind of ambient sound while I'm writing. So, so I so. But no music, no noise, no like, no, no singers. Hmm. Yeah, it's funny how everybody's different when I'm writing. I have different, like, I have a depending on who the character is or the state of mind that I'm in. Um, I have certain albums or certain singers that I listen to. So, if oh, I'm yeah. a character, so like a story I'm working on now, one of the character. Um, her dad likes classic rock, like, you know, 70s and 80s, 60s, 70s, 80s rock from, from, yeah, from America. So she listens to that. So as I'm creating her, I like pulled up some of that music and just like listened to it in the background. And then I could kind of get, and I know it has nothing to do with the story that I'm writing, but everybody's different, right? We can all, 
speak all these, those things. No, I, mean, I know a lot of friends of mine who, who do it that way. They have to listen yeah. to classic music so they can oh. write. So, so, so no everyone, words. Everyone wins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some do it trucks, rock and roll styles. Some do it yeah, right. Styles. It's it's different for me depending on what story it is that I'm writing. So yeah, you're. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I almost feel well. The reason I asked about the music is because you are. This is you're. You know, you're essentially writing the sequel to Gilgamesh, which, as you said, is the oldest story known to known to man. And we don't. For everybody who doesn't know a lot about Gilgamesh, I, I'm a teacher, so I've taught Gilgamesh before. Uh, but of course, oh. it's all um, it's all pieces and parts, and I'm reading one translation in English, because that's the only language um, I've ever seen it in. Um, I'm, I'm curious, so, so you said you're from Iraq, and so um, what, how many different translations of Gilgamesh have you, did you look at to kind of get a good picture of what Gilgamesh is to, to really get a good idea of who Enkidu was? I, I read both the Arabic version, uh, which was translated by a guy named Taha Balka, who, who passed away like 10 years ago, I think, and uh, he, he's really good at translating. He knows, he, yeah, um, he's very good at that at, at this. And the other translation I read, uh, uh, it was the English one. Um, okay. It was, it was by, um, I, forgot, I forgot the name of the author. I think she's a woman. I forgot her name. Uh, but yeah, I read two, two, two versions, English and, and the Arabic one. And uh, actually, I'm, I'm very, uh, I really love Mesopotamian myths and Mesopotamian history. I even have a, a book with... Uh, uh, that teaches you how to read cuneiform, and uh, I wish to no learn way. that so I could. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, I usually do my interviews with my my book book bookshelves behind me. I would have shown you the books, but yeah, well, that's okay. <laughs> it's a podcast, so no one will see. This is we're doing the video. Ah, we ah, see okay. oh, right, so. Yeah, I don't put it. Down. It'll just be audio, so it's fine. But it would have been cool to see. Yeah, if we could have sure. described it. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Did you think as and again as someone who you know is a I, I teach writing I teach literature and stuff so translations always fascinate me like like you said I've read several there's different different English translations of of Gilgamesh and I've seen them and they're all you know relatively close and then of course you know Beowulf yeah. is a, kind of a knockoff of Gilgamesh with but, but a little more fleshed out because Gilgamesh is in pieces apart so so of the two translations did you feel like um, you used the two, like how different were they and how did that help you, you know, gain a better understanding of the story that you wanted? Because you're writing a sequel to essentially the oldest living story that, that we don't really know how it ends because we don't know if what the last thing we have is really the end. So, so how did you use those two translations to get a full picture of it? Well, because uh, not only the translation, there are even different versions. Of yeah, the, of, of course. Story. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like, uh, for example, Enkidu goes to the underworld. There are two two different versions of that. One of them is oh. uh, he fits something for, for Gilgamesh, and the other version is he dies and goes there, you know. Uh, so, yeah, there are different versions, and that's how I'm, I'm, it, it helps me to, to tell a twist of the, on that story. And, like, for example, the, the, the first time Gilgamesh and Enkidu meet, where they fight with each other, um, I mean, it says in the, in the book that Gilgamesh at the end, he was the powerful and he says, yeah, you, you are the powerful one. But when I read Mesopotamian history, like uh, the letters at the years, they call it the year, any, every nation that time, they call it the year according to the year they won against the war. 
and they write their wins. But if they lost, you don't find that in their archives. You find of it course. in the opposing archive. Of so course. Gilgamesh, if the people who are writing history for Gilgamesh, they're not going to write that he's, he lost. You know? Of course. Right. So, so that's, yeah, exactly. So, so this is one of the big twists that I'm doing with the story. So even though there are different versions, different style of telling the story, uh, it eventually helped me to you know, justify my twist, you know? I can just twist it uh, on uh, any way I want it, you know? So yeah. Yeah, so how, how long do you, do you think it's gonna be? Like how many issues slash pages? Are you trying to do this in individual issues or are you trying to do like one big epic 250 page graphic novel? Like are you seeing it as a series or as one big standalone novel? What's your plan? Well, well here's the thing, I mean, the oldest version of the epic was from around 2000 years BC. That's more than 4,000 years ago. So I have around 4,000 years of history to play with, with my story. Sure. In other words, it's endless. I can, I can do a lot of uh, volumes, a lot of twists, but I don't want to write something that never ends, you know? Sure. I, I want an ending, you know? Maybe there will be spin-offs or whatever. But, so uh, I have a beginning. I already have an ending. How many volumes to reach there? I didn't decide yet. Uh, for example, the first volume will be eight issues. You know, oh, so, nice. Okay. Yeah, so I already have the first and second volume prepared, like you know, story-wise. Uh, but how long is it going to take me to reach to the ending? I, I cannot tell. I cannot tell. Well, and that's okay, right? I mean, Spawn just I wish it, yeah. <laughs> Spawn just hit but, issue three hundred, right? Same writer for three hundred issues. So. You know, and well, it went strong. So you just never know. Not to say, you know, I mean, you know, obviously that's Todd McFarlane. I'm not. I'm not gonna go 300 unless it's interesting. You know, right. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to be one of those people who just keep fighting to milk this story. You know, yeah. I just wanted yeah. to, you know, to, to to be interesting. So as long as it, it's interesting, I, I I keep fighting, leading the story to that ending. I'm, I'm already planning for. Yeah. Nice. So I've got I've got so many questions. I hopefully we'll get to them all. So. Um, so you said you were a, a novelist before you started, got started writing comic books. So how does that um, yeah. work? Well, first of all, what kind of novels did you write? And then how did that work inform the way that you chose to write your script? And are you writing a traditional script or because you're, you're not like trying to sell it to Dark Horse Comics right away, you're trying to build it yourself? Obviously, that would be amazing if Dark Horse picked this up. But um, so you don't necessarily have to have a traditional script necessarily. But yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll tweet, you know, we have no idea what will happen. But what, you know, so what's your process there, you know, going from a traditional fiction writer to writing comic scripts? Yeah. Well, there are actually a lot of uh, novelists right now are, are heading to the, are being hired by uh, comic companies to write uh, different kind of stories. Um, and how I, you know, I, I usually write it as a script wise. Um, but but the translation transition from from novels to to writing a script at the beginning it was challenging. Um, I've never done this before because when I when I write a book, it's different. You know, you, you just keep make the the words power up and everything. But when you write a script, it, you should plan it differently. You know, there's yeah, you have to know when to say what, and you have to think about the panels and everything and. And yeah, so so for me, writing a script at the beginning, you know, it was difficult. Difficult, even though you need less words to do that. Uh, but uh, eventually, you know, it's it's like anything else. The more you do it, the 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 more you get hanged. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And like, I've not, I've never written a comic script before. I mean, I've, I've written novels and short stories and stuff. And, you know, I've never, I've thought, you know, of course, again, I'm a comic book fan. So I've always thought, oh, and I've looked at comic book scripts and I see, you know, everybody does it differently. I was actually just having an email exchange with an old friend of mine who was talking about how Alan Moore's like, has an entire full page to describe one panel in Watchmen, you know, and then, but then other people will be just like, makes gurgly sound or scary monster and then gives it to the uh, to the artist to be like draw a scary monster and however many panels that takes so because this is a, such a personal story to you and it, like you, it's not like you and the artist are coming at it together i mean you know he's he's on board telling your story so so like you said you have to really think this so so how much give and take is there going to be if he says well you want this in three panels but i really need to do it in six are you going to be like, well, you're the artist? Like, how much, how much freedom are you giving him to, to do that? Well, usually, um, actually, we, we, um, how do you do that? I mean, he has a very good sense when it comes to panel and everything. So sometimes it's a, it's a give and take. You know, he, he gave me his opinion. Uh, I just check it out. I see if it, if it works, if it looks good. And honestly, usually I agree with him. He's very good at this. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a cooperative, uh, you know, project you know you have to you know cooperate with each other uh, and eventually opinions clash with each other so uh, eventually uh, you have to get you know uh, throw your ego out of the door and just see what's actually right for for the story which what looks better so yeah that's that's how we do it actually and I, I mean we do we discuss it but eventually mostly he's right <laughs> because <laughs> he's uh, yeah. right yeah yeah well so <laughs> yeah. so this is an epic story it's even called the epics of Inkadu. and you you obviously live in kuwait and you said you lived you're from iraq and you we talked off air that you lived in china so i, I what my question is is how yeah. much is this going to be a world is this going to be a, a world traveling book or are we going to is it going to be claustrophobic and we're going to kind of be in one place because you said you've got four thousand years to play with so you've got four thousand years and the whole world um so, you know, how, how much of your life experience of being kind of a world traveler is going to come into this story and how much of the world are we going to see? Uh, well, it's going to be more than our world, you know. That, that's oh! How, how, yeah, it's going to be even out of there. I mean, if, if, I mean, if you have heard about the Anunnaki's and the, you know, I, I, at least you saw History Channel 2. <laughs> You've seen how, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've seen how things are going there. So, yeah, there are some kind of... Um, but it's like there's something out there, but it's not alien, and I'm not gonna spoil. Yeah, it. no, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. I just wondered, just because it seems like you've you've lived quite a quite a you know, and and like most most of my listeners haven't tra- lived in that many places. Not just like travel, but you've lived in these places. So yeah, so you know that that's hard. You can't imagine that that your life experiences, even though you know you're telling a different story, and it's an honor yeah, to yeah. nephew, but. No, you have to be in here somewhere too. So that's what I was just curious. Of if, if you know, if how much yeah, you had mentioned I mean, during my travel. Yeah, I mean, during my travel, I, I, I met a lot of diverse, different people from different cultures, different religions, um, and that also helped. You know, uh, lots of characters in the book are most of friends I met. You know, and just nice. recently, uh, my best friends uh, they had they had a baby. He's, he's one years old now. He just had his birthday and as a gift i told them i'm gonna name a character after him you know and yeah and try to make him look like their father you know so yeah that's so cool that's amazing yeah what a gift and that'll live forever that's so yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and you mentioned that your your wife is Chinese, so so I'm assuming there'll be some yeah. some kind of Chinese culture yeah. in here somewhere too. Definitely, yeah. Very cool. And I just I just wanted it on the record, so we talked off air. But as we were, so I had to make sure I, I said on its name right because I, I my dad's first name was Ciro. He was he was born in America, but he has Italian parents, and so C I R O is his name. No one ever said it right. So names matter to me because I want to make sure people don't understand. But you said you have a Chinese name, and I know it has nothing to do with the story. I'm just curious. Let's hear. What <laughs> yeah, uh, it's uh, it's Hamida. <laughs> nice. Hamida. Yeah, and that is Hamida. that's the name you picked, or that's the name you were given. Like that's the Chinese. Yeah, name. yeah, it's the name they can write because they don't have alphabets; they have symbols. You know, the, the language is like. Uh, ancient hieroglyphs, they just took some lines from the pictures and it became, you know, the Chinese language that we know now. So they cannot, they don't have spellings. They don't have, yeah. So they have to choose symbols that sound almost like my name or like yeah. my phone name. So, yeah, Hamida. So, yeah. That's amazing. Yay, that's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, and that's that way your wife, what does your wife call you that? Or she calls you Ahmed? Uh, she usually called me Ahmed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't know, you <laughs> know, because... Chinese to me, she calls me Hamida. <laughs> okay, that's so cool. And I, so, so, but this, so this epic that we're doing, I mean, you know, I'm in America. Oh, so, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. Actually, actually, she doesn't call me Hamida. She called me La Poix, which is, which is like a deering, oh. you know, like honey or deer or something nice. like that. Nice, that's lovely. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, like to, I want to clear that up. No, no, that's great. So, but this is also interesting. And this is, so this is why all that mattered to me is because, you obviously speak multiple languages. She speaks multiple languages. But you're, you know, this Indiegogo is in English. What, who's do, are, are you doing the letters? Is your artist doing the letters? And what language is it going to be in? Like, how many languages will you try to publish this in? I'm, I'm doing the letters, of course. And, okay. Uh, I mean, of course, it's going to be in English. And uh, I'm, I'm going to do other languages. Um, one of the things, me and my wife, uh, we had some kind of a list. Both of us, we wrote 10 lists of what will happen after the Indiegogo finish. We posted it on YouTube. It's a very funny video. And one of them that she's going to have to translate for me in Chinese. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's going to be in Chinese. And my artist, uh, Felix Torre, he wants to find, uh, uh, because his English is not, not he doesn't speak very, very well. He, he's going to find uh, someone to translate for us so it's going to be in Chinese and of course I'm going to do it in Arabic so my fellow countrymen and everyone here will, will read it you know share uh, you know join in the fun <laughs> so what is so, again I, I know languages that's so <laughs> cool oh my god I can't that's so cool so and you and you just have the wherewithal in your like closed circle to do that you don't have to bring anybody else in so what's the technology yeah. so so you're doing the letters, but you're doing the letters digitally then, and you'll put them on top of the image mm -hmm. so that you can you can do the letters um, on your hand. You're gonna you're gonna write them, or you're gonna type the letters. What what's the? Uh, uh, mainly, I'm gonna type uh, the letters. Uh, and, and there's if there's a special effect or whatever, I, I might join and do it differently. But mainly, I'm gonna type it using specific uh, fonts for uh, you know for comics. Yeah, so that, that's how I'm going to approach it. Nice, that's so cool. And then, and just so technologically, whatever program the thing is in, you can just, so you can get all your dialogue done, put it in English, and then just go back to the original art image and then put it in an Arabic and put it in in Chinese, just using that same program. Yeah. That is yeah, exactly. so cool. So people who support this Indiegogo, depending on where they are in the world, they'll get that version of it, whatever, whatever language they, they kind of support. 
hopefully. I mean, depending on how much we get. I mean, if we get enough to hire someone to translate for us, let's let's say for for example in French or German or you know. Uh, American. <laughs> yeah, okay. right, which is, yeah, I know, I know, trust me, I know. I'm a writing so, yeah. teacher in America, I know. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, anyhow, so, yeah, if, uh, if, I, if I can, you know, if, I, if we reach more than we or we want, I mean, eventually, yeah, I'm going to try to sh- share it with uh, as many people as I can. That is so cool. So, all right, well, so this is why I was so excited. So, this is how we met. I, he, he sent me an email through my website, and he was like, I've got this great idea, and I was done immediately because so um as one of my jobs when i was um uh, teaching at a community college in um in michigan i taught at a satellite campus so there's like the main community college campus in battle creek michigan and then in albion michigan there was a satellite campus and across the street from there was a school that had autistic teenagers lived there and it was like a school for them called the mock home school and they would just walk across the street and take college courses and so I got to know a lot of these right. amazing kids on the spectrum. And what the best thing about it was one summer, this was maybe the best teaching experience. And to my current students, sorry, this is when you hear this story, you'll understand the greatest educational experience as a teacher in my life was I had an entire course of composition that was filled with every kid in the room was on the spectrum. That was it. I had a whole group just from across the street, 15 kids all on this, you know, on the spectrum. And that was, I got to do that for a whole summer. And I, it was mind blowing, the amount of stuff I learned from them and the way I became a better teacher, trying to manage a room of 15 kids on the spectrum too, who were in different, you know, states of, of awareness or um, depending on where they were, you know, if one kid, if one kid had a photographic memory and so he got bored easily and another kid was a composer. And so he didn't, if he was composing a song, he didn't want to listen to whatever I had to say. It was amazing. It was the most amazing thing. So as soon as I saw this, I was like, okay, this, so excited this book exists. So obviously this is about your nephew. So, um, and you know, knowing kids with, who are on the spectrum, they're amazing people and, and, um, and can teach us so much. And if we look historically, you know, we can make assumptions about, you know, which, um, not only like you mentioned with, um, Ikindu, but maybe like other historical figures, like we can assume Mozart was on the spectrum, right? Einstein, we can assume was on the spectrum. So, um, how important is it for you, not just to like pay honor to your nephew, but to, but to get people to know what is it that you think people don't understand and what is it that your nephew has kind of helped you understand about the spectrum uh, and why this book, in addition to look, just being a beautiful, gorgeous, important, cool story to tell as a cool, you know, epic comic book, but what is it about that that you want people to get from this and how do you think it'll help um, change perspectives that, that people have? Well, sure. I mean... If you have seen the cover, you know you can see that Inky do the main character in the middle, and he's being attacked from all over. He's surrounded, and this is actually a metaphor of the challenges thrown at an autistic kid. If you know, like, and my nephew had grown up, you know, and witnessing his challenges, his educational challenge, his uh, his uh, physical challenge, even his uh, social challenge. All, all these things are thrown much harder uh, at an autistic pe- uh, person. And maybe a lot of people don't understand that. Uh, and there are lots of kids who, who you know, like they, they, you know, they don't understand that kid in, in their classroom who's like that, you know. And um, I, I, what I want to show people is they, they should think differently about autist, autistic people and they should um, 
you know, find a way to communicate with them because my nephew, once we get got through him, I mean, everything changed for him. He became much, much better, you know. And uh, I remember even the first moment he, he started talking, he, didn't, he, he was a non-verbal autistic uh, uh, individual, but now he, he, he talks a lot. And, he, and, and when he talks, he just repeats. But I remember the first time he, he told me, like he asked me to do something. He never did this. And, and, wow. and I stood, yeah. Uh, it was after I showed him Zootopia, the movie Zootopia. I took, yeah, I took him to see that movie. And he really loved it. And I remember the second day, there was some kind of a chocolate on, on top of, I don't know where, but like he usually just pulled me and I stand and he looks, he, he doesn't point to do anything. He expects me to understand. But at that moment, he took me because I always play with him and communicate with him. I got through him. So he started to talk to me. I, I took, I, he took me next to that chocolate thing. He pointed at it and he said a sentence from the movie. He said, I want jumbo pong while he pointing at the chocolate. <laughs> and, and, and I looked at him and I was, I was really happy. Now he plays Super Mario better than all his nephews, you know? <laughs> nice. And uh, yeah, like he started, and when he plays and everything, he tells, no, do it when someone else playing, no, do it slowly, do it like that. He's, he gives instructions and everything. And, and, he, and, and also go through, through to him through music. Uh, oh, he started, nice. I started to teach him how to, play the, the uh, piano on my keyboard, actually, and play the keyboard. And uh, it's another interest he has, you know? So, so when once, the, the, the thing I want to tell this to try to find a way to reach out to, 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 the, to an autistic person. And uh, you never know what will happen. I mean, like you said, Einstein, when he was a kid, he only repeated words, and he preferred to be alone and everything. So most probably he was an autistic, actually, when he was a kid growing up. And uh, look what happened now. He, he helped us reach to the moon, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's true. And, and there's a, um, a Temple Grandin. Do you know who she is? No, I'm not sure. She, um, she is the uh, doctor of animal science at Colorado State University in, in um, Colorado, in America. And she, um, she's on the spectrum. And she actually wrote a book about her own... Um, her, her own brain, she had her own brain scanned and then like did this like deep dive into the autistic brain. It's a fascinating book and she's written oh, okay. it. And the best thing was I actually listened to the audio book and she read it herself. Um, she is super fascinating. There was actually a, a bio, biographic movie made about her about maybe 10 years ago, Claire Danes played her. Um, and uh, you know, she like, she understands empathy in animals and she's kind of made the way that animals and animal husbandry and even Slaughterhouse is more humane, which I know it's like, you're about to kill that animal. That's humane, which is bizarre to me. But um, so yeah, so, so she's an amazing um, person and kind of like in America, she's, an, you know, she's like an autistic superstar. Um, you know, she's like a great role model for everyone. But in that book, she kind of goes through the people historically that she, she acknowledged and she talked about Steve Jobs. I think she got a chance to meet Steve Jobs and, you know, she, he was obviously on the spectrum in her opinion based on the way he acted and the way that she acted. And so she's just, it's such a great book. Um, and I think it'd be a fascinating while people are waiting for this, you know, go check stuff out so that when you read this, cause I think the idea behind this, that, that um, like you said, your nephew has really great balance. And I think the one thing people don't understand about autistic people is, um, there's, there's a, there's a definite, not everybody's the same. Like you said, your nephew wasn't verbal, but some kids are verbal when the right way there's, it's just like any other 
thing. That's why it's a spectrum. So I think, yeah, try to learn as much as you can about it. And, you know, I was getting ready to record. I was talking to my wife about this, about like, have there ever been any autistic superheroes? And she said, well, of course, Sherlock Holmes. And I was like, right, that's amazing. Of course, you know, like we all can look at Sherlock Holmes and understand he was on the spectrum and, and, you know, is he a superhero or not? You know, you could argue. Solve crimes, he saves people. So yeah. Right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so it was was pretty cool. So how much, that was a long-winded way for me to say is, other than your nephew, how much research have you done just on ASD in general, um, other autistic uh, people of note or even not of note, just, you know, like, kids in your nephew's class or kids, you know, people in your life, like how, how many of them are, are playing inspiration into this story too? Well, mainly uh, my nephew actually is the one who inspired me to read about, right. because when, when I wanted to help him, uh, I bought, uh, I, I think, two uh, books about autism to understand uh, about him. And also um, I, I Googled and looked at YouTube videos on how to teach a uh, for example, I want to teach him math. Uh, I want to teach him something else. You know, how do you teach an autistic person? So, my, my research started there before that. Before I even wanted to add the the comic, you know. So, and eventually, you know, the information I collected during my, you know, my my journey with my with my nephew um, just led me to understand more about how his condition. And when I when I wanted to write the book, and it became you know a useful tool for me to to write my ideas and make it more believable more, and hopefully for, for an autistic person or who will read the book who will be able to relate to. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, you know, again, I'm so excited uh, that, you know, I'm supporting it once soon as it launches. And this, this show, oh, thanks, will, uh, you know, a week after it launches, um, this will be airing um, on the 22nd of May and it'll have launched on the 15th of May. So there'll be links in the show notes to the Indiegogo and to everything and I'll be tweeting about it and it's gonna be super cool. So um, so I guess I guess the, uh, you know, have you, what have you, what has your family said about it? How supportive, I mean, this is such a cool idea and what a love letter or just no one, know. I mean, we're putting it on the internet so they must know. Like, how's your family reacting to it? Are they having a hard time keeping it secret from your nephew? How's it go? <laughs> well, um... They, they they didn't mention it to him yet, and uh, they, the thing is, well, maybe they did. I mean, I haven't I haven't seen it because right now we're in lockdown, so I haven't right. seen it. Right, everybody is sure you haven't got to see him. Yeah, uh, but so far, I don't think they know about it. And, and my nephew doesn't know about it, but my family's reaction is is very supportive. I mean, they're, they're really happy about it, and uh, and I mean, uh, like my first podcast uh, was like a month ago, and the first. Once it was aired, my, my brother, he called me and he gave me pointers and everything. And he said, it's so amazing, my, my older brother. And yeah, I mean, I mean, my family, I mean, you've seen that how uh, me, I'm with my nephew. And I got that for my family. We, we love to support each other no matter what. So everyone was supportive, you know, about my idea. So That's so great. That is so, that is so great. So uh, let's talk as we, we're, God, it's been 45 minutes already. Time flies. I love doing this show. And then oh, I've yeah. <laughs> been here. So, uh, so let's, let's talk a little bit about the Indiegogo itself, what it is. It's a little bit Kickstarter. So why did you choose Indiegogo over Kickstarter? Explain it to everybody. Um, and again, the link will be there. Are there like, you know, on Kickstarter, there's, you can get this at different levels. And so what, however you want to describe it, please describe it to everybody. All right. First of all, why Indiegogo? Um, Honestly, I, I didn't know what to choose, either Kickstarter or Indiegogo. 
Now, there are two reasons why, why, why I was drawn to Indiegogo. The first one is uh, when I saw the layout, you know, when I chose the comics to explore, I, I saw that the, the comics there, you know, the pages were, were presented, you know, well, better presented, you know, they, they popped out more. They really you know, do. The whole page yeah, is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, they look much better there, you know. Uh, and, and the second reason is, uh, I don't know if you know this movie, it's called How, How to Call Henry. Uh, the, the first person. Oh, Hardcore action. Henry. Yeah, yeah. I've not watched yeah. it, but I know it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was it was funded by Indiegogo. And it's really, you know, it's a really awesome movie, you know. So when and whenever I think Indiegogo, I think Hardcore Henry. So I thought, all right, you know what? I just went there. I I, I went there with my guts, guts, you know. It wasn't yeah. something like, I, yeah. I researched both, and I thought, I mean, they have the same, almost the same. Uh, uh, you know, uh, positive and negative, uh, but eventually, um, I mean, Indiegogo was for me. You know? I was drawn yeah. to it. Nice. No offense, Kickstarter. No, of course, <laughs> I supported. And listen, early on in the show, I supported a Kickstarter from a guy, a uh, guy from Greece uh, called. I, I saw two campaigns on Kickstarter. Yeah. One just yesterday, just a day ago, I just supported one. Yeah, uh, I love it. Yeah, yeah, cat, they're both cat, great. Dad, or super mom and cats, cat dad, it's called, or something like that. Uh, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So right, <laughs> you can only pick one, so you know you don't want to. You don't want to look like you're, you know, doing yeah. something uh, untoward. So, okay. So what is it that if people are going to support you? Obviously it says, you know, cause it hasn't launched yet while we're recording, but it'll launch after. So, you know, early bird special, which is what I'm going to sign up for. So what, what is it everybody's going to get? Besides, you know, we're going to get the comic. Um, are we going to get it in installments? Cause you're going to write eight. Are we going to get them as they come out? Are you going to wait and give us them all at once? How, how are we going to get them? And what are we going to get? And are there different levels? For how much we give, like if we give five hundred dollars, you're going to come to our house and give us a hug too. What you know, once the lockdown's over, what are we? Gonna do? <laughs> sure, uh, yeah, a, a cure for for Corona. <laughs> no, no. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, the first perk, uh, I mean, the cheapest way to enjoy the story is a PDF uh, file and, and a thank you. Um, all of them has a thank you, of course. The second perk will be a physical copy along with uh, an electronic copy. Uh, the third perk. Um, you get a, a copy, a PDF, and a signed copy. You know, some something to to brag about. You know, nice. Um, and uh, yeah, the third, the third, uh, the third perk is uh, is a copy, a signed copy, a PDF, and a poster. You know, something to cover that hole in your wall. And um, nice. if you have one. <laughs> if you want to escape from prison, you know, right, you'll put this, style, yeah, you right, need you don't to get that yeah, yeah exactly, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and the warden cannot, can, you know, I'm going to make it, you know, rock proof, you know, that's right, anyhow, so yeah, <laughs> and the first one is you're going to get a t-shirt, uh, no way! Nice. A, yeah, t-shirt. It's. Uh, I'm. 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 Actually, I tweeted it. You can also tweet it so people can yeah. look at t-shirts. It looks really cool, you know. And uh, the for the sixth and seventh perk, that's it, um, you know mainly aimed to bookstores. Actually, uh, five copies in a poster or ten ten copies in a poster. Nice. Uh, or if you have a lot of friends, you can take that perk, you know. Anyhow, uh, and the last perk is the cherry on top. Um, you become a character in my book, and I'm gonna base it on your myth, or your historical myth. All right, and it's gonna look like you, and yeah, so you're gonna be a character in the sequel to the oldest story found in human history. 
<laughs> that's amazing. I, oh my God, that's so cool. And is there a cap on those? Like, you know, you don't want the whole poster. I forgot to say, yeah, you're going to get a poster of your character. <laughs> of your own so, character. So, nice. So is there yeah. a cap on that high one? Or is like, you're going to have to have 150 new characters running around the back? No, no, no. Just 10. Well, 10. Uh, nine actually, because I gave one to my best friend. <laughs> sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that, right. You already did that one. That's so cool. What an amazing. That's, I mean, people are going to love that. I think that'll be a big hit. And so it's going to run for a month. So this will be airing at the end of the first week, at the beginning of, of week two. That's, we're gonna, that's how we're planning it. Because um, I think then I can tweet about it all week. So everybody on Twitter, you're probably like, oh, this is that thing he's been talking about. Um, this is it. So um, this is going to be so great. I can't wait to get my copy. And once it, once it goes live on Friday, I'll pick my tier. Um, what are, what's the, are you doing it in dollars, pounds, what are you, euros? What are you doing it in? What's the price range? What's the tier range? Well, it's, uh, Australian what country dollars. It's, uh, what? it's an Australian, Australian dollars. <laughs> oh, okay. It's in Australia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Australian dollars. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we'll be able yeah. to translate that. Indiegogo will translate it for us to our own dollars. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So nice. Yeah. Nice. So how much is it just out of curiosity? How much is it to be a character in the book? What's the, how much is that? Uh, yeah, it's uh, 250. <laughs> 250? I'll do a discount, you know? I'll, I'll do a no. discount in the first uh, couple of I mean, of honestly, years. I think $250 for that is a That's a great deal, I have to say, because if you're, that's so cool, because you could be like forever. I'm a, again, you're talking to a bunch of comic book nerds, and if you're like, look, for $250, a professional comic book artist is going to put you and your myth into a book and give you a poster, that's, that's something, that's something special. <laughs> I know, I know. Just uh, and that'll be in the first article. Many, many actually of my friends told me I should make it more, more, more expensive than that. But honestly, I, I just want anyone, in, everyone in. You know, I don't. Yeah, I don't no, do I think expensive perks. You know, so I just yeah, I think do, that's you know, regular good. Perk, yeah. And will the people yeah. who who do that perk will they show up in the first eight art in the first eight issues or will when will they? When will they yes, in the first in the first eight issues, yeah, and uh, the second issues there'll be another characters, uh, so there will be another perk another, for that. So that yeah. will be later when, when I, yeah, so so we can something else to look forward to. You know? Yeah, so right, obviously the long term goal though. So you're in your go going it now with the idea that maybe after these first eight, like you cross your fingers when we talked about Dark Horse, but maybe you know because this this honestly feels like a, there's a couple of of I feel like this would be a great fit at Top Cow. Um, I think, you know, I mean, there's tons of great, great indie, indie places. Um, you know, Vault Comics does science fiction and fantasy, Vault. And so, that would, you know, because you're dealing with mythology and stuff. So that would be a cool, because it's, because this, this is like not really a superhero story. It is, but it isn't, right? I mean, he's not wearing yeah. a cape or anything. Well, no, I mean, not every superhero has to have, wear a cape, you know, you just right. have to be really strong and good, you know? <laughs> just be, yeah, just be good. Right. That's exactly right. Just be good. Yeah, that, that's yeah. inspire. The, the most important thing, he, he should inspire. And that's that's what's a hero is, oh. so inspire. Even the that's... epic of Gilgamesh, the epic of Gilgamesh, the reason why I thought Epico was more, uh, sorry, Enkidu was more cool is because Gilgamesh was the villain in the beginning of the story and he changed him and made him a good person. Mm-hmm. So that's why I thought Enkidu should be the real hero because he inspires, you know? That's why I love him. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, you know, I, I think that's really true. I think it all depends on your perspective, too, right? In any of these yeah. stories, in any, in any version of mythology or any story that you tell. You know, I find it weird um, in, like, the, the, 
people love Darth Vader. He's the he's the villain through most of his original <laughs> story arc. He's only a hero in the last ten minutes of that thing. But people wear Darth Vader stuff all the time, and it's it, it, you know. So it's like it all depends on how he's cool, man. <laughs> you know, right? Because he looks amazing. Right? He looks amazing. So. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's true, though. I think that's it's all about perspective. And I think that, like you're saying, heroes inspire us to be better people. And I think your, your story is going to just inspire everybody to not only to, to so. better things, but to, like, look at autistic people as people. You know, that's the whole thing. It's people with autism. Yeah. Not, yeah. That's who they're, like you even said it earlier. You said, you know, like, I've read books about autistic people because that's who they, they're people. And, and anybody with any kind of um, air quotes, I'm doing air quotes, people of the Internet, disabilities, mm-hmm. Um, I don't like that term because I don't necessarily think that, you know, being on the spectrum is a disability. I think it's, um, it makes you special and it makes you super and you can do things that air quote normals can't do, you know, this, that they use the term neurotypical and atypical. Um, yeah. and I think, I think when you look, when you look at history, the, the world is full of autistic people who've made our lives better and who we couldn't even yeah. be having this conversation exactly. without, you know, I mean, think about it. Wozniak on the spectrum, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, the three of the four biggest heavy hitters in all of technology mm-hmm. are all on the spectrum. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> we couldn't yeah, do course. this without them. Um, this exactly. is good. Yeah. I'm so glad you've done this. Thanks for reaching out. This is, this has been oh, man, The pleasure is all mine. That's let's really talk. Let's good. talk at the end. Um, I always give, this is your chance to, we, we're going to link to the Indiegogo. Um, and I know you're on Twitter because that's where I follow you. I'm sure you're on other social media. I'm not on that. So tell everybody, and I'll link again in the show notes, but i like everybody to hear it. I'm an audio learner, so tell everybody where they can find you online. Well, sure. Uh, online, you can find me on Twitter as uh, my account is Hero Autistic, you know, and on Instagram, Hero underscore Autistic. Uh, there's a Facebook group called the Epics of Inkidu. You can find me there. I, I like to post there regularly. And uh, you can read my blog. Um, uh, it's ahmin.wordpress.com. Um, you know, I post interesting things, not just about the topic, about my travel, about my life. And, yeah. Um, what else? I think that covers it. Yeah. And, and then uh, the Indiegogo, just, of course. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, the Indiegogo. You can just uh, write the epics of Inkidu and you cannot miss it. You know, you can find it. No, right. And uh, so I, I, I have signed up. I encourage everyone. So, so by the time you're listening to this, it's been out for a week. So if you haven't, if you haven't, if, if you've gotten annoyed with me on Twitter as I promote this, um, you should go click the link, go to this and sign up and support this. And when, um, so this closes in a month. And if you reach your goal, when will we see issue one? How, how soon, how far out do you think it'll take? I'm shooting for a September release. You know, nice. so we'll see. I mean, I mean, once the Indiegogo campaign is fulfilled, even before that, if we can reach that, uh, um, we're gonna immediately start with the comic. Nice. Not and the cool thing, uh, I'm not gonna waste a single minute. <laughs> right. And the cool thing about Indiegogo is, uh, or about any of these, you know, it's like so you can go over. Like once it's fulfilled, it doesn't shut down. So yeah. you can you if, look, people don't just look at that Indiegogo and be like, oh, they're almost there. I'm gonna throw in five bucks. No, look. Get, pick the pick the level that you want. Get the thing that you think you'll get the most value from. You know, I think it would be an amazing gift to get. I think a cool gift to a comic nerd would be to give them that highest tier. Not don't be selfish. Give give that tier to somebody who would be like, this is the most amazing thing. I want my nephew or my whomever to be a character in 
um, mm. this comic instead of it being like, you know, I mean, of course it's, it's hard to not want to do it yourself, but it would be an amazing gift to give to somebody. So I, thank you for your time today. I know it's late. It's 10 o'clock oh, no. there. Um, I, it's early. It's like snack time for me. It's the middle of the day. It's sunny. There's a palm tree outside my window. Um, so I appreciate you. Thank you. And I'm obviously I follow you on Twitter and we'll Thanks, stay man. in touch. And um, so Definitely. just tell everyone, hey, follow me at Tricycle Boobax or go to my website, AF Arena, and I will see you next time. Don't, I'm just going to hit stop. We've been driving around from one end of this town to the other and back. But no one's ever seen us driving our Econoline. Mesopotamians, Sargon, Hammurabi, Ashurbanipal, Pal, and Gilgamesh. And they wouldn't understand a word we say, so we'll scratch it all down into the clay. Half believing there will sometime come a day, someone gives a damn. Maybe when the concrete has crumbled to sand, we're the Mesopotamians, Sargon. The Mesopotamish sun is beating down And making cracks in the ground But there's nowhere else to stand In Mesopotamia The kingdom where we secretly reign The land where the invisibly rule As the Mesopotamians Sargon, Hammurabi, Ashurbanipal Mesopotamia